Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Caroline Palmer from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Twenty years after the handover of Hong Kong to China, the former British colony is in a rut and deeply divided over its relations with Beijing, says Ben Bland. At the time, the handover symbolised the righting of many wrongs against China in the eyes of Communist Party loyalists. Yet today, many young residents of Hong Kong say they no longer feel Chinese, setting the stage for bitter social and political conflict. Kelvin Lee should have been a poster child for the integration of Hong Kong and China. Born in 1990, the Hong Konger's father gave him a Chinese name that incorporated the word hope reflecting a belief that the handover of the British colony to China in 1997 would improve life on both sides of the border. Mr Lee grew up with a love of Chinese history and culture and used to work as an insurance broker for one of the many mainland companies that have been expanding in Hong Kong. But China's increasing squeeze on Hong Kong's autonomy, freedoms and way of life turned him from apolitical finance worker to activist. I still think Chinese culture is very beautiful, but we are Hong Kong people who live in Hong Kong, so we have to keep our own culture, says Mr Lee, who recently quit his insurance job to work as a community organiser. People want independence so they won't have to be afraid about the influence of the Chinese government, he adds. The moment of transformation for him, as for tens of thousands of others, came on September the 28th, 2014, when the Hong Kong police fired tear gas at thousands of students and other demonstrators gathering at the start of the pro-democracy Occupy Central protests. That day was really remarkable for me, he says. I saw the tear gas explode in front of me more than 20 times and saw how frightened people were. Occupy also known as the Umbrella Revolution, after the umbrellas used to fend off police pepper spray, failed in its mission to secure full democracy from Beijing. But it cemented the sense of a separate Hong Kong identity and set many young Hong Kongers on a collision course with the world's most powerful authoritarian state. Chinese President Xi Jinping arrived in Hong Kong on Thursday to cap a month-long $82 million extravaganza to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the return of the former British colony to China. But while the official commemoration slogan is Together, Progress, Opportunity, many young Hong Kongers feel their city is defined more by division, stagnation and crisis. The Chinese government is aghast at the growing support for separatism in Hong Kong. 
It has called on the Hong Kong government to enact national security legislation and threaten to further curb the territory's freedoms. The Chinese government is imposing a harder and harder line on Hong Kong, and I feel a sense of desperation, says Agnes Chow, a 20-year-old student who formed a political party with other Occupy activists and helped a friend, Nathan Law, win election to Hong Kong's partially democratic Legislative Council in September. But our message to Xi is simple, she adds. We are not going to give up the fight for democracy and basic dignity, even if the Chinese government is trying to suppress our movement. While Hong Kong is racked by divisions, people on both sides agree that the semi-autonomous territory is stuck in a deep rut. If our society continues to be heavily divided, we can't even make progress on economic and livelihood issues, says Holden Chow, a pro-Beijing politician who recalls returning excitedly from Uppingham, his elite English boarding school, to watch the 1997 handover ceremony on July the 1st. That's the sad reality, he adds. Hong Kong is facing a slew of intractable and interlinked problems. Sky-high housing prices have left many unable to afford even a tiny apartment in this city of 7.4 million people, a problem exacerbated by money surging in from the mainland. At the same time, the powerful grip of a small group of well-connected tycoons stifles opportunities and widens inequality. Bitter political divisions over the relationship with Beijing have left the government incapable of tackling such socio-economic challenges. Beijing has intensified its interventions, defying its commitments in Hong Kong's mini-constitution known as the Basic Law. Chinese agents were behind the 2015 kidnapping of five booksellers who sold works critical of the government, as well as an influential billionaire this year, promoting a climate of fear and self-censorship. Chinese officials have also meddled more in local politics. The deepening conflict bodes ill for Hong Kong's status as an open, thriving global city. It also undermines Beijing's hopes to convince self-governing Taiwan that one country, two systems, the idea championed by Deng Xiaoping in the 1980s to reintegrate Hong Kong and Taiwan, is a model to follow. People should look at Hong Kong as a test case as to whether you can trust China, says Chris Patton, the last British governor of Hong Kong who oversaw the handover. It's perfectly clear that China has started to step over the line, he adds. The growing sense of youth frustration in Hong Kong is often attributed to the high cost of living and Beijing's deepening crackdown. But there's another factor at play. Identity. Lao Mingwai, a 36-year-old second-generation property tycoon and the head of the government's youth commission, is a rare member of the establishment who is willing to talk critically about China's struggle to win hearts and minds in Hong Kong. He says those who came of age after the handover grew up in an identity vacuum, with little attachment either to Hong Kong's colonial heritage or mainland China. Chinese officials and their Hong Kong counterparts belatedly tried to promote one country over two systems, but their heavy-handed efforts backfired. In 2012, they planned to implement mandatory courses in moral and national education, 
that would have taught Hong Kongers that rule by the Chinese Communist Party was, quote, progressive and selfless and superior to Western democracy. Derided as brainwashing, the proposal sparked a movement called Scholarism, which roused teenagers like Ms. Chow and her friend and later Occupy leader Joshua Wong to swap computer games and manga comics for loudspeakers and protest banners. Our young people aren't stupid, says Mr. Lau. We, Hong Kong Joe Public, receive information at a frequency and channel much closer to the Western than the Chinese style. So when you broadcast information using the Chinese frequency, we don't receive much of it. Young Hong Kongers across the political spectrum say their core values, such as respect for freedom and democracy, make them different from the 1.4 billion mainlanders who live just across the Shenzhen River. But many find it difficult to define what it really means to be a Hong Konger, beyond not being a mainlander. I have a Hong Kong identity card, but the true meaning is hard to explain, says Jody Lam, a 23-year-old sociology student. We treasure integrity, equality, democracy and freedom, all those things China doesn't have. Ms Lam says that when she was in primary school, she felt like a Chinese with a Hong Kong passport. But today, her sense of Chinese nationality has weakened, as with many other young people. The proportion of 18 to 29 year olds who describe their ethnic identity as broadly Chinese has dropped from 32% just after the handover to only 3% this year, according to a survey by the Public Opinion Programme at the University of Hong Kong. Over the same period, the proportion of that same age group describing their broad identity as Hong Konger has jumped from 68% to 94%. While some say they simply want to protect Hong Kong's way of life, an increasing number are calling for a referendum on the territory's future, or even outright independence. 30-year-old Bajio Lung has been at the forefront of this movement. If our government is not elected by the people and doesn't protect the people, where is their legitimacy, he says. Like Kelvin Lee and many others, Mr Lung was inspired to take action by the Occupy movement, quitting his comfortable job as a digital marketer to run for, and win election to, the Legislative Council in September. He was one of six candidates under 40 who were elected after calling for independence or self-determination, views that won the backing of around 20% of voters in a result that shocked Beijing. But Mr Leung's formal political career was extremely short-lived. He and a colleague from his Young Spiration party were ejected from the council by a high court judge for insulting China and holding up a banner that read, Hong Kong is not China during their oath-taking ceremony. The verdict came a week after China's parliament, which has ultimate authority over Hong Kong, ruled that anyone promoting separatism in Hong Kong must be barred from public office. Now the Hong Kong government is trying to oust four more lawmakers, including Nathan Law, Ms Chow's friend, and Hong Kong's youngest ever legislator at just 23. Mr Wong, Mr Law and Ms Chow were among a small group of activists arrested on Wednesday night during an anti-China protest ahead of Mr Xi's arrival. Brian Fong, a professor at the Education University of Hong Kong, 
argues that Beijing's efforts to exert stronger influence over Hong Kong continue to be counterproductive. He compares the situation to Catalonia, where the hard line taken by the Spanish government against local autonomy has spurred the growth of peripheral nationalism and an independence movement. This is a counter-mobilization against the centralism of Beijing, he says, citing a recent poll finding that 60% of Hong Kongers feel their autonomy is under attack from China. The emerging Hong Kong identity is both threatened and reinforced by Beijing's encroachments. This has left moderates and supporters of integration fearful for the future. Gary Wong, a 34-year-old corporate executive, has tried and failed to convince the radicals and government supporters that the solution for Hong Kong lies in the political centre ground. He says the dysfunction in Hong Kong is damaging the city's economic prospects. Some of his most talented friends have considered emigration, while many young Hong Kongers reject the opportunities offered by China. But his moderate Path of Democracy party performed dismally in September's election. I'm worried about the new generation, he says. The more I travel to China, the more I see rapid growth in technology and the quality of human capital. I think we're lagging behind. Carrie Lam, a career civil servant who will be sworn in as Hong Kong's next chief executive by Mr Xi on Saturday, has pledged to tackle youth alienation. Her policies include promoting patriotic education and generating job opportunities by further integrating Hong Kong into the thriving economy of neighbouring Guangdong province. But Alex Fan, a 29-year-old barrister and member of the government's youth commission, warns that these ideas will only succeed if young Hong Kongers accept them. Mr Fan, who calls himself a proud Chinese first and a Hong Konger second, stresses that one country, two systems will not work unless there is mutual trust between Beijing, the Hong Kong government and the territory's people. For Mr Xi and Communist Party loyalists, the handover symbolised the righting of one of many historical wrongs against China, the ceding of Hong Kong to Britain in 1842 after its loss in the First Opium War. But in worrying too much about winning the past, They risk losing the support of young Hong Kongers who fear China's growing clout. China is like the biological mother you recently reunited with, says Dawn Leung, a 21-year-old journalism student. There's no love at all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.